Welcome to At The Root with Greg Kuyper. Welcome back after a short break. A reminder that Greg is a psychotherapist and holistic life coach behind Greg or Greg Kuyper Counseling. Uh, through his professional practice and personal experiences, Greg knows that without connection to ourselves, connection with others is near impossible because emotional connection is at the root of healthy living. A reminder that if you have a question or a comment, you can call into the show at 425-373-5527 or feel free to go to KuyperCounseling.com. You can contact Greg there. Hello, Greg. Hi. Welcome back. You had a nice vacation. I, I had a little vacay, yeah. Good. Yeah. All right. Well, enough of that. Oh, it's good to recharge, right? It is, but I have been left. <laughs> I've been left adrift, so we, we need to get right to it. Okay. Okay. Um, so when last we met, we were talking about the adults, um, as adults, how we have wounds or bandages or layers of protection, right? Right. Um, that may be left over from childhood, um, or it could be some other incident that maybe creates some, um, trauma for us where we feel like we need to protect ourselves. Um, but then at a certain point, it might be time to air out those wounds and turn them maybe from scabs that can be picked at to scars. It happened, but we're healing. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. So that's where we left off. That is where we left off. I like your, I was just thinking of your metaphor there. Oh, well, <laughs> I'm good with these. I am, I am not always so good at like awareness in the moment and being present. However... Metaphors? The wounds there, yes. Yeah, so. Well, you know, lately we've been talking about how our daily lives cruise along on an autopilot, right, that we've created over time. It it helps us keep operating as smoothly as possible during our day-to-day lives. And each of our operating systems have evolved over time to what they are now. Some of these components of the operating system work well and some don't, but we just keep moving steadily along because it's all automatic in our subconscious and seems to be working until it doesn't. Much of these systems, I think, are built around efficiency. Think about it. Efficiency means we can get more done easier and quicker so that we can add more to our plate and get more done. And make that easier and quicker. And it's all about efficiency. We, we seek a peak level of performance that uses the least amount of inputs to achieve the highest outputs. Right? Efficiency. But this requires judgment on our part as we reduce the unnecessary resources used to produce that output. And I think that's where we get into trouble, right? This assessment, this judgment of what the necessary resources are, and what are the unnecessary ones? How do we determine that? And I think we've turned this this process over to our subconscious autopilot, which has learned over time through experiences we have had how to do this for us, right? So when these experiences that we go through are unpleasant or painful emotionally, That feeling, we talked about this, that feeling gets attached to the memory, right, of the experience. And the experience is not going to rank very high in our assessment of resources needed to be efficient, right? I mean, yeah. So therein lies the mistake, I think, on our part. In our automatic assessment, 
we designate the emotional experience to be an unnecessary resource mm. automatically. And this error in judgment, I'm going to call it, develops and strengthens from the external output input we receive from the moment we come into physical existence. You know, all the things that happen, of course. Moms and dads and schools and teachers and mm-hmm. social media and, and discipline and social mores and beliefs and values, all those things, mm-hmm. right? I mean, we can, the list goes on forever. It sounds like the equivalent, the emotional equivalent of my computer's not working, so let me turn it off, and then I'll turn it on, and it will be more efficient. It's like we turn off, right, yeah. in a way, and yeah, then, way. like, okay, now I'll turn it on, and some time has passed, and everything seems to be good now. Like, right. there's no time for that. Right. Rebooting. Yeah, I'm processing that. Okay. okay. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm going with that. All right. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, my husband works for Microsoft. That's what we do. When something's not working, you just turn it off and turn it back on. Unplug it, plug it back. <laughs> yeah, right. This is, okay, but, but you know, this external input that we get over the years from everybody, from everywhere, it's, it's everywhere these days. This is what can result in these emotional wounds, right? We talked about this before, last time. We can't operate within our realm of efficiency with consistent pain and emotional distress. It's not efficient. So we develop these coping mechanisms, right, these defenses. And this is what we use to move forward in our day-to-day life, trying to stay as efficient as possible. And, and you know, they become part of the autopilot so that whenever that – dysphoric recall we talked about happens, we grab that supposed resource and use it. And this is all automatically happening in the background because we've got this down to a science, right? So these supposed resources are the bandages we talked about last time. Mm -hmm. Remember, the Mm -hmm. wounds don't get dealt with other than applying bandages on top of bandages on top of more bandages, and which for a while, it, it keeps the pain and suffering seemingly minimized and, you know, held at bay, consciously, at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm like, do you amputate? <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm going to move on. Yeah, I would. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a no. <laughs> yeah. Years later, the wounds, these wounds begin to fester. And more bandages on top of the bandages is not helping, right? We just keep putting one more bandages automatically. And responding this way for so long that we don't even consciously notice that the wounds need more attention than just more bandage. So... These wounds and the bandages become part of our personality, the structure that we put together for our existence as we're moving forward every day, trying to function. So these struggles we are facing each day in our relationship with ourselves and with others are the signals to us that the wounds need our attention. I'm going to say that again. The struggles we are facing each day 
in our relationships with ourselves and others are the signals to us that our wounds need our attention. What do you think? I, it makes so much sense. It's, it's like that um, a phantom pain, right? Like mm-hmm. as much as I'm kidding about the imputation, like we think that we can just cut something out of our lives, but there's still the phantom pain there. Oh, right. Right? Yes. Yes. It still is there and we still feel it. So no matter how much we cover it up or even like we think take it out, it's still there unless we deal with it. Unless we deal with it. So how, you know, how loud or bright or whatever do these signals have to be so to get our attention? Very, very, right? very. I mean, yeah, <laughs> for some of us, yeah. Or most of us, let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. Well, that's where all this awareness comes into play that, you know, we've been talking about so much. Very important. The more our normal state of being can be vigilant and catch the signals, the better our lives become. You know, before these signals have to bonk us on the head with something like addiction, a job loss, divorce, Mm -hmm. physical illness, mental illness. I mean, eventually that's what happens with the signals. Sure. Then we blame it on something else. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right? Well, sure. We've talked about how to find this awareness, and, and, you know, we worked with Char and Steve on it. Today, um, I I, want to go beyond this awareness talk and look at what we do with what we become aware of. So we become aware of something. Yeah, here it is. Mm -hmm. I see it. Now what? Yep, right. Yep. What do I do with this? I've been waiting for this. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, it's one thing to notice the, the bandage and the wound, right? And it's quite another to do something about it. And I think a lot of us would like to think that, you know, noticing is enough. Is, it, is, is just noticing this problem enough? I mean, if we understand that, yes, my dad... Spent years telling me that I would never be able to do anything right. I get it. Can't, mm-hmm. we, can't we move on now? So I've got it in my awareness. I see that it is affecting my relationship with my wife and kids. So I'm going to watch out for it. I've got it now. Is that enough? Well, the answer is most definitely no. Yeah, I know. <laughs> 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 It'd be so much easier if it was was yes. We can't just move on with this knowledge. That's it. We're going to have to examine the wounds. Yes, even though they happened a long time ago, many t- in many cases. The wounds have to heal, and it's not going to happen under all those layers of bandages. If we just leave them there and move on with a little bit of awareness, how are they going to heal? They're not. And they're probably going to keep getting worse because we're going to keep piling more bandages on. Mm-hmm. So many of us have been hiding under this tape and gauze for a lot of years, not allowing this healing to take place. So in, in order to move forward in this healing process, this space we need, we need to examine the wounds with someone other than the personality we've developed. Right, because this personality we've developed is 
mm-hmm. not the ideal person to be looking at the wounds since right. we've been using it to hide. From we're the not. Wounds. We're not. Uh, we're biased. We are extremely biased, right? They, in our, in that personalities process, they probably don't even exist, or we don't want to think about them. Mm-hmm. So that someone else that we need to. Uh, help us examine these wounds is, is, is our true self, the expert, the specialist, right? This is a vital part of, cell, uh, of us that we have relegated to kind of the back office, close the door. So we've talked about our true self some, and I want to dig more into who and what that is, but we're going to do that next time, next week, promise. I feel like it's going to be like Oz behind the curtain. Right? <laughs> I'll try to make it that way. No. <laughs> um, it, it, it's going to take a whole, a whole uh, show and maybe more. Right. But but uh, it's very important because we need it to examine these wounds. Mm-hmm. So in order to examine the wounds, we got to remove the bandages, right? we got to do it. Where do we start? It's not going to be easy. After years of careful application and use, they are just really a part of us. It's not going to be easy. And a good starting place is admitting to ourselves what these bandages are, are for. They have taken on many behaviors and forms. I like to call it chameleons of fear. For some of us, These bandages may be drugs and alcohol or inflicting injury on ourselves, numbing our feelings and emotions. Or perhaps uh, behavioral obsessions such as video games, the internet, pornography, distracting us from feelings and emotions. Some of us may find ourselves taking care of everybody around us, always taking care of everybody else, ignoring our own needs and feelings, or being overly needy to stave off the feelings of rejection and abandonment that we have. We may even use anger to hide from true feelings and emotions that we are experiencing. Happens a lot. Regardless of the bandage, it is a patch and not a repair. The repair will come with the understanding that the original wound happened in the past, most of the time. The emotions that we are protecting ourselves from are not real and true in this moment, even though they can appear to be right here, right now. When they're triggered and we react, they feel like they're right here. This realization can take time, and depending on the severity of the wound, professional help is often part of the answer. So this this whole process is going to take time and effort, and support. And as we start removing these bandages, peeling it back, and exposing the hurt that the bandages shielded, self-compassion, unconditional love, and kindness are needed. And most often these are attributes that are not built into that personality we have developed for ourselves. Mm-hmm. But they are here, very much a part of who we are. They're just in that back office with the true self. 
reminds me of when you get your, um, as a kid, I was the accident prone one in my family. And when I had the cast put on and it's like, you feel like that part of you has atrophied almost and mm. you need to, you know, to, depending how long it's been or whatever, do physical therapy or you need to sort of slowly, you know, reintroduce yourself to that part of yourself. That's it. Right. So, yeah. you know, taking off all those layers, it's like you need to not expect that. Everything's going to be okay. Right. You got to. I'm back slowly, to normal. Right. Okay. Yeah. We've got to go back into that back office and, and check out what's back there. And next week we're going to do that. So I've been working with Char and Steve around this awareness of the wounds. And we've been talking about that. And during, during a nice session with them, we, the three of us were talking about finding awareness of feelings and naming them, right? Both were openly sharing their experiences during the week. And uh, we came to a pause. And Char eventually broke the silence. Steve, I want to talk about what happened on Saturday. He said, what happened on Saturday? Thanks, Steve. You know what happened, she replied. Oh, you mean the driving thing. I thought we had that all handled and we're moving on. Steve, I just can't brush something like that off. And I don't know how you can either. So I'm dying of curiosity by now. So I say, so if you don't mind, let's share this in the session. Steve rolled his eyes and folded his arms. Char started. We were going to an appointment with our real estate agent, and we needed to be on time. But, of course, we got a late start. Steve was driving, and I could tell he was tense, but he was scaring me with the way he was driving. I asked him a couple of times to ease up and not follow so close, but then he ran a red light. It was yellow, Steve interjected. It was red, Steve, and we almost got hit. I reacted and yelled, you're driving like an idiot. His reaction to this was terrifying to me. He sped up, turning recklessly, slamming on the brakes and stopping in the median to berate me. Steve raised up to say something and I held up my hand, signaling, not yet. To Char, I said, that must have been frightening. Char replied, yes, and so intense and out of the blue. I turned to Steve, so you really got triggered. Where do you think that anger came from? She's always telling me how to drive. Char turned away and looked out the window. I continued, so this, this reaction comes from her expressing her fear in the passenger seat. Char jumped in. He doesn't like being told what to do or how to do something. Steve eased up just a bit. I don't like it. The criticism. I know it's a problem. So I started fishing. Did your dad teach you how to drive? He did, and it was a nightmare. I learned on a manual, three on the tree, and I couldn't get it, at least quick enough for him. He would berate me and humiliate me. I asked, say things like, you're driving like an idiot? Pretty much. Even worse, he replied. So, Steve, go back there to one of those driving lessons with your dad. Close your eyes and see if you can remember. I could tell he didn't want to, but he complied. See if you can bring back the feelings 
that you felt as he was yelling at you? Pissed, he said, and ashamed. I couldn't please him. I couldn't get it right. I was crying. I felt so alone and hurt and helpless. Can you feel that now, I asked. Total silence. He started to cry and tried to stop himself, blubbering apologies and wiping his face with the back of his hand, but it just kept coming. Char slid over next to him and put her arms around him. Let it out, honey, let it out, she whispered. I was glad she said it, better her than me. I wanted to let this moment go on for as long as I could, and I did, but there's always the end of the session looming as I watch the clock out of the corner of my eye. I wanted to end with some reassurance and hopeful thoughts for his coming week. Steve, I'm so happy that you're able to feel this emotion today. I know it's pretty uncomfortable and awkward, but I also know that it it must feel good. It does, he sobbed. I hope you'll be able to continue to tear down this wall that you built to protect yourself back then and let yourself feel and know that he's not here to hurt you anymore. This wall worked back then, but it's not needed now, and it's blocking you from a sensitive attunement with yourself and your family. And then I added... I'm not, you know, I'm I'm sure Char doesn't really think you drive like an idiot. I said, hoping for a little lightness at the end of the session. No, I don't, Char said, and I'll be sure to remember that trigger. There was (laughs) laughter all around as Steve raised up and composed himself. I continued, that's a big part of this healing, you guys. Recognizing each other's triggers and reactions as you work through this, all of these old wounds that you both have together interesting yeah it's it's um my husband drives like an idiot <laughs> oh pete <laughs> well i mean he's 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 an east coast person but it does make me you know um wonder i think that his his dad was really tough on him and had a pretty exacting standard so I think that's got to be tough. And when he drives, <laughs> I need a barf bag. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> However, I would like to point out that I at least am able to differentiate between he drives like an idiot. I'm not saying he is an idiot. Yeah, okay, there you go. Right. So there's there's a difference there. Um, but kidding aside, I, I really loved what you talked about with the um, – chameleons of fear um Mm -hmm. it made me think of like chameleons of coping right sure and the things that you do to cope and you know thinking about steve that you know it it literally set him off Uh, an explosion almost right i Mm -hmm. mean it it, uh, uh, scared the heck out of char with the just speeding up turning recklessly and Pulling onto the median and stopping with traffic going by. It's violent. Yeah. yeah, And um, something that he didn't plan. You know, right. You know, Let me turn over here and get right. on the median. No. <laughs> no, it was a reaction. And it came from you know, that wound long ago. Mm-hmm. And 
um, being able to protect himself from that feeling. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, it's, it's a good thing that they're both learning this together about Steve, and they'll learn things about Char, too. But this reaction and these triggers and bringing up this old stuff, if they can, when they do this together, not if, when they do this together, then they're able to really empathize more, I guess. Mm-hmm. Be in the other person's shoes. Understand, Shark can understand what it must have been like in that car with the three on the tree trying to clutch and being yelled and mm-hmm. screamed at. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and Steve will be able to do the same for her with her wounds. Well, and suddenly, because I suspect that Char's the one that's like, we're running late. We need to get there. <laughs> right? Probably. And because yeah. she's that sort of perfectionist worrying about expectations and all of those things. Uh-huh. So then he is the caretaker that's like, all right, you know, A, stop nagging me. And B, like, I'll get us there on time. And then it just turns into this whole other thing. So in this case, not only is Steve learning um, – you know, to deal with the trigger, she's learning how not to trigger. And hopefully she then realizes, you know what? It's not really that big a deal. We can be a couple minutes late. Right. And the, the most important takeaway, I think, is the, is the knowing that, yeah, we got to look at these wounds. We got to look at this thing so that we can uh, get the bandages off and allow it to start healing. Mm-hmm. They've been festering for too long. Right. We can't just keep going on. And that's what so many of us do. Fascinating. Now I have to go home and ask if Pete drives like an idiot because of past (laughs) childhood trauma. Oh, God. Well, on that note, um, if you want to learn more about Greg, go to KuiperCounseling.com. He has uh, webinars. He's got previous podcasts. He's got blog posts, you name it. The man has it all. He is a chameleon, but not a fear. <laughs> What's your final words, Greg? Everyone, just stay aware out there. See you next week. 